I think we broke the speed limit on that. <laughs> I think you need to sit down and catch your breath. <laughs> Thank you. Praise God. The joy there is in being exuberant together. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. It's the banner for uh, Gathering Sunday 1. We're going to have a season of gathering. And uh, maybe it's uh, partially regathering, and then also it's a, a welcoming for those who have not been a part of this particular gathering. Gathering is an intrinsic thing that, uh, that God does, and uh, it turned up in the gospel text that Judy read for us uh, in Matthew 18, right there at the end, and it's on the cover of our bulletin, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So there are some empty spots here in the pews, and you might think that they're empty, but that's where Jesus is. That's where Jesus is sitting there, right between you, Julie, and Nancy. There's Jesus, and right next to Ralph, back there next to Astrid, especially in the back where it's hard to pay attention sometimes. Uh, Jesus is there. You can feel his elbow rubbing. Hey, come on, pay attention. Or maybe over here where, oh, I can't keep up with this song. I can't sing. I don't need to, can't sing. Jesus, Jesus is there whispering, saying, come on, praise the Lord. It will help you align all the, the brain cells. It will help to activate your faith. It will help you release those besetting sins, those choices that you made that have that made you a wanderer. And maybe in the last week even, it seemed to have a grip on you. I can't break that habit. I know, I know what I should be doing, but I, I can't help but doing the other thing. It's too alluring, and, and I don't have the willpower. I have needs. And Jesus saying, come on, this is the place and the time to let that go, to make a turn, to make a new step. You couldn't do it by yourself, but here in this gathering, it's imminently possible because, remember, where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, I am there among them. Among them. Here between Maida and Dawn, wide space. Maybe it's a fat Jesus that's sitting there. Wide space. Did Jesus uh, like to sing? Interesting question. You know, what we have in, in the Bible and in the Gospels, the story of Jesus, and then the letters of Paul, the reflections of the community that was formed by Jesus, um, mentions many things, but there is a big context maybe that uh, is taken for granted. And some of it emerges in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, when we leaf through that, we keep running through the psalms, uh, psalms, and uh, uh, and man, there's a large book, and and they kind of are set up like poetry, or 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 a lot of the similar themes, and a lot of exhortations, a lot of different styles of of psalms here. But we realize very quickly, oh, that's the songbook of Israel. 
We don't have all the tunes, maybe none of them, maybe some of the phrases and the tunes that enter our heads maybe are echoes of those ancient tunes. We, we don't know, we don't know. If you've ever worshipped in a synagogue or you've heard a cantor sing, you realize that there's a different, different kind of beauty there. There's a different kind of melody. There's a different harmony that is, uh, uh, that is going on and it doesn't seem to be contrary or ancient to the kinds of songs that we sing here and now, but it seems to, in a way, be the, uh, the forerunner of what we do and what we sing and say now is, is a branch, a sprouting of, of those ancient songs. Yes, the answer is Jesus sang. He was raised in a, a Jewish community he gathered again and again in synagogues to, to learn and to listen to the Torah. And if they gathered in worship in synagogues, they sang. Is that one wonderful, wonderful glimpse that we, we have in the Gospel of John, in the upper room on the, the night before Jesus' death and the cross, he has given them many instructions. He's given them reassurance. I go to prepare a place for you. And then right at the end, before they go to Gethsemane, the Garden of the Olive Press, what did they do? And singing a hymn, then they went out. So we think, oh, that's a glimpse. It's something that was so common and so... Uh, uh, and such a practice that it's not mentioned. It's like when people will study this culture centuries from now, they might, they might think about, uh, wow, I wonder what side of the road they drove on with those odd vehicles. And what do you mean? I drove on the right side. And since we take that for granted, don't we? And a hundred other things that we wouldn't mention because they are such a part of our lives, woven into who we are and what we do. So God led us in the psalm, and uh, we've already talked about songs, and the opening phrase of Psalm 96 is, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. A new song. Would that be something to talk about on a gathering Sunday? On a Sunday when uh, Sunday school classes are starting up again, and uh, and our, our minds are open and excited about all the questions we can ask and all the answers that, uh, that can be given by our student prepared teachers. Uh, is, it, is it something that we can sing as we think about uh, straightening things out in our, in our mind and maybe uh, uh, educating ourselves again? I thought that was about, uh, about head knowledge. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, the psalmist says. Is that for the choir as it rehearses and as it practices and as it uh, brings an anthem? Is that for, for those who have a really nice voice? But not for those that don't have such a strong <coughs> voice. I can't sing. Or is it D, all of the above? Yeah, it's D, all of the above. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. And the psalm says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. <laughs> a joyful noise. Oh, that would include me. 
I can make a joyful noise. For the Lord is king. He's a God above all gods. He's our maker. He's a redeemer. He, he gathers up all that he has been doing in the life of his people and in our lives. That's why we worship. That's why we bring our attention to alert to see how God has been faithful, God is in our midst, and how he wants to direct our paths in the days to come. But a new song? Oh, I like the old songs. Uh, I like the old songs. They, they sound familiar, and, uh, and they're like a warm blanket that I can wrap around me. Oh, that's fine. We do learn new songs, but maybe to sing a new song is to sing the old song in a new way. How often have you and me, perhaps, sung a hymn? And, and I've heard this from many of you. You know, I, I've known that hymn all my life, but, but I, never, I never noticed the words in, in the truth there in the third stanza. Somehow it spoke to me in my situation. Somehow it opened up new light breaking in from the Holy Spirit into my life. It was the word of the Lord that I needed. It was a blessing. The new song is an old song sung in a new way. A new song is a song that we sing as we gather. One of the real issues, I mean, sins of our, our culture is individualism. Yes, our faith would say that we are each created individually in the image of God. We all are given uh, one life, and you are stewards of that life. But somewhere in our culture, our American culture especially, but maybe the whole globe now, the acknowledgement and the reverence for the individual has turned into an individualism. So that I am all I need. So that I am um, number one. So that I am the one who will be my own God. And you see that kind of in extremes of, of people that have absorbed that individualism so much that, uh, that they force their will, their opinion, on others. Who said so? Because I said so. Sometimes cloaked with an authority of an office, but also sometimes just because they become that kind of victim of individualism. We see the damage that, that happens when that happens in families and in communities. And we we don't even know the insidious nature of it as, as our, our culture and, and all the forces that uh, invite us to consume and to uh, be up to date and masquerading as civilization perhaps and, and a, whole, a whole menu of options. Oh, look at all the choices I have. Wow, how can I get to them all? And so that the call of a life together of the song that would be sung as 
As people gather, recedes in the distance, that's just one of many other choices. Are you with me? We'll sing to the Lord a new song, a song as we gather. It hasn't always been that way. I think we live in a crucial time. A time when perhaps we have lost our voices. And it's so much easier to turn on the radio or the TV or, uh, or some app on our phone and let the music uh, fill our minds. We might sing along a little bit, but usually not because it's, some of it's not singable. It's just noise and a lot of noise around, uh, reflection of the culture sometimes. Um, but we've lost our voice. Maybe you remember your parents or your grandparents or heard about people that would sing just in their gathering. That that would be what teenagers would do when they would get together and, uh, and cruise Main Street in their 55 Chevys and uh, uh, check out who else was running the drag, but also they would sing. Maybe sing some of the pop songs, but, but also maybe sing some of the songs that they that they learned in church, or they were church kids. I remember doing that. Believe it or not, I remember doing that. I think it was a 56 Chevy. Yeah. Seven. I, I, I couldn't afford a 57. I couldn't even afford a car in high school. I was always making friends with cars, so I couldn't. <laughs> but that's what, that's what we did. We sang, and we sang together. And we could do that because we sang alone, not just in the shower, but that was something that was in our minds. When the psalmist or when any song leader says, sing, sing, it's not a time for listening, it's a time for participating, a time for singing. He's not just interested in making music, yeah, that's the vehicle, but the real Hope, the real blessing is the impression, is the impression that is made as we sing, and especially as we sing together. When we gather, we gather to, uh, to praise God. And the songs in the Bible, the songs in our hymnal, give us words, give us the shape, give us the direction of what would this look like? We come maybe not with empty minds, but Minds that are going in all different directions. And maybe among them, focused on, on some of the battles and some of the images, some of the hurts, some of the distresses that we've been dealing with. Left our own devices without faith and without the guidance of Scripture and the example of Jesus, we would be preoccupied with... Uh, with revenge. We would be preoccupied with defending ourselves. We would be preoccupied with uh, winning and victory. But songs, with music as a vehicle, carries another way, another path that the Lord would want to direct us upon. And so we get the first part of the gospel that Judy read for us. It's about, uh, it's about 
tension in the church is about reconciling. It's about uh, wrongs that have been done. If someone has sinned against you, uh, go to that person. It's a sequence of ways to reconcile, to keep the gathering intact, and to keep the gathering focused together. Go to that person and uh, tell them about uh, uh, what they have done and how it's affected you. If they correct themselves, that's fine. We're all together. We gather in unity again. But if not, then take two or three with you and go to the person. You see the, the intensity and the, and the deliberate effort increases in magnitude. Go to that person. Beseech them to change their ways. Point out their wrong. You have a chance, this is kind of in between the lines, to make the, the division, the harm, even worse by the attitude that you take if you go in judgment, if you go in, uh, um, in self-righteousness. It'll be made even worse. Someone said that uh, 20% of personal conflicts with others are due to the content of what you say. 80% are due to the tone of voice that you use. And instead, they still won't be reconciled. They still won't come and repent. They still are not truly embracing each other in unity. Then, before the whole gathering, talk about the problem, the issue. I haven't been in many contemporary churches where that's actually happened. Usually before that, something else blows up or something else goes, goes haywire or there's a split or, or where is that person? We haven't seen that person for a long time. Those kinds of things happen. It's a failure of, I think, the spirit behind Matthew 18. Yes, Reconciling and unity is critical. And it is something that gathering wants to create and maintain. In conflict, there is, there is a disturbance, and usually it's several layers down. Usually it's something that, that hasn't been voiced. It is an opportunity for the forgiveness of God and for the witness of the community to mend and also to grow. Gene, did, did you read in the Covenant Home Altar this week? I know that many times you've, uh, you read ahead and... Uh, and there's, a, there's one coming up this week, and I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that you, you read that. Could, uh, did you have it with you today? Uh, uh, Dan, I, I never read ahead. Uh, oh. <laughs> that would be you that read the head? Oh, well, yeah, I get ideas for what to say. Yeah. Daily devotion, Dan. <laughs> one a day, like your vitamin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's great. You can read ahead and see what's coming up. And uh, sometimes I have to read them two or three times. But uh, uh, do you remember what was on for next Wednesday? Uh, uh, Dan, daily devotion. 
emotional. Uh, <laughs> kind of an awkward moment here, Gene. I knew it. I thought I could count on you. So I do. <laughs> kind of hanging out here, left to dry. <laughs> Hope we can be reconciled sometime. <laughs> Has anyone here read ahead in the Covenant Home Altar? Well, I, I read ahead, of course. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's great. There's one, one, two, three. You all read ahead? Yeah. My goodness. Wow. Well, on Wednesday, it's, uh, there's a reflection by David Washington. He's a Chicago, Illinois, virtual neighbor, and he reflected on that. Maybe you could read in unison. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not going to work. You didn't practice. Uh, and Paul, why don't you go ahead? I think there's three paragraphs. Will you read that first paragraph? Um, just stand up and, and voice that first paragraph. Um, what's the title of this again? United We Stand. United We Stand. Oh, maybe it's a positive thing rather than kind of a little bit of a scolding thing or whatever. What does that say? It is said that teamwork makes the dream work. That is why unity is so powerful. I came to Christ in my teenage years with a strong community of Christians. It's a strong community of Christians yeah. who cared for me, challenged me, and pointed out errors in my life when I needed someone to do that. I am grateful for their commitment to be involved in my walk with God. Wow, community. That's uh, what gathering does. We gather for different events all the time in our culture, and, uh, and then we dissipate again, but the church is unique. We gather in order to form community, things that we have in common, common unity. Maybe that word came from. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Have you read ahead to December, too? <laughs> Do you want me to keep reading? <laughs> well, Sandy's going to keep, keep reading the second paragraph. What, is, what does that say, Sandy? It's wonderful when people aim for a righteous cause mm. and work together toward the same goal. This is what God had in mind when he established the church. A community of believers aiding one another in living a righteous life before God. Mm. Did you say this is what God had in mind? This is what God had in mind when he established the church. Did I hear you? Unity of believers. Yeah, I thought I heard you whisper, why didn't you say that in the first place, Dan? This is what God had in mind. But thank you, thank you, Sandy. And, and the, the last paragraph, Christy. Christy. The church helps believers bear one another's burdens. The more people in place to live, the lighter the burden becomes. Isolation is dangerous for the Christian. Hmm. We need other believers to help us grow and to keep us from going astray. Amen. 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 I'm not going to say any more. That. Uh, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 